if the juice box podcast is helping you, if you're enjoying it, if it's making a real difference in your life, there's only really one way to make sure that that information that's helped you helps someone else. And that's by telling someone else about the podcast. Not a lot of people know about podcasts. So please, if it's helping you share. Hey, welcome to episode 74 of the juice box podcast. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Insulet, makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. So I get an email from a person named Arden, who tells me they're a school teacher and would really like to come on the podcast. And as I'm going back and forth with Arden, I start seeing that Arden actually signs their name Denny. But in my head, of course, Arden is a woman because my daughter's name is Arden. But that's not the story. The story is that Denny is a school teacher who had a child in his class with type 1 diabetes. And Denny threw himself into the world of type 1 diabetes so that he could be a better teacher and a mentor to his student. Beyond that, just being completely touching and most of us hoping for something even close to that for our kids, you really need to listen to Denny. His episode is fantastic because not only are you going to see a great teacher, but you're going to see the other side of the curtain. You know, it's easy for us to talk about, like, I tried to do this with a 504 plan, and they didn't want to do it, and, you know, the school fought me, and the teachers weren't helpful. Wait till you hear a teacher tell you, I heard there was going to be a kid with type 1 diabetes in my class, and I was scared. Scared because I didn't know what I was doing. It's a, it's a great, great opportunity we have here to hear the other side. And to, geez... You know, this this gentleman is a once-in-a-lifetime teacher, so uh, a lot of respect has to go out to him. It's coming from me, and I think by the time the, the end of this podcast comes, you will feel the very same way. All right, so that's a very long intro for an episode that I wanted so badly to call Denny is not ardent, but I ended up not calling it that. You should know that everyone that Denny discusses in the episode, Denny has prior approval from those people to talk about them. Let me go over kind of what I know, and you'll fill in the blanks, and then we'll, we'll start chatting. Sure. So uh, I got contacted by you because you said you were a school teacher who has kids who have type 1. Yes. But you don't have type 1 diabetes? I don't, and I don't have any family members that have type 1. I did have uh, three grandparents that had type 2, as it turns out. But uh, no one in my immediate family with type 1. Okay. So then it begs the initial question, how did you find the podcast? Um, basically, I, I started, uh, let me go back. Um, I started at my current school two years ago. Mm -hmm. And as a new teacher, right before school starts, you have all these papers that you're doing. And among the many papers I had, I saw that I would be getting a student with type 1 diabetes and I remember when I first saw the sheet, okay, well, if this happens, wait a second, this is kind of confusing. There's so much, you know, yeah. how do I know what to do? You know, because if they're thirsty, if they're hungry, if they have a headache, if they need to go to the bathroom, you know, it's like, so these are all signs that there's a problem. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, um, in regards to this one student, you know, my partner teacher happens to be a nurse. And I thought to myself, next year, I hope that she gets, you know, the student because it, I, I just didn't know, will I know what to do? Will I do the right thing if there's a problem? So um, I did end up by the end of the year, I actually requested the student, you know, and I 
it, it ended up that uh, he was going to be in my homeroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, at first, it, I'll be honest, the beginning of this year was kind of a rough start. And, and I think what it boiled down to was, as a teacher, what things are truly diabetes sugar related and what is student motivation related? And can I tell the difference between the two? And so I partially started researching for knowing, well, how can I tell what's going on and how can I know what the right thing to do is? So were you, were you initially concerned then that there might be uh, the possibility of the kid using his diabetes as a, as an excuse oh, to, 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 to act up or act out or anything like that? What, what age group are we talking about? Uh, this is seventh and eighth grade. Seventh and eighth grade. I have an eighth grade homeroom, but I also teach seventh grade, but I only see them for one uh, class a day. Uh, whereas eighth graders, especially those, so one class a day would be about 40 minutes. Whereas uh, students in my homeroom, just because of the way it works at my school, it can be two and a half to three hours a day that I'll see them. Okay. So it's significantly more and at all points in the day. So I would, you know, with someone with type one, I can be hitting all kinds of different things. Times of the day. What, what would you say was your what were, what were the main feelings you were having at the beginning of the year? Were you more afraid of a medical emergency or of letting someone down? Or what, what do you think was weighing on you the most? I mean, the very beginning of seventh grade, my biggest concern was medical. You know, how will I know what to do? And it turned out everything was fine. The student was very good about, you know, I need to go get a drink. I need to go see the nurse. Uh, we happen to have, uh, in essence, a diabetes buddy for our uh, diabetic students, and that person would go with them. It's mostly because I'm on the second floor. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure there's no problem, and if messages need to be sent back and forth, there's a way to do that. So uh, so initially, it was medical concerns, uh, I would say. Right. And, and, and so it's interesting, because I know as somebody who has prepared a 504 plan for a small child, that you sit on your end trying to imagine every little thing that could go wrong and 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 in, in, your head gets flooded with all of the little indicators and 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 you know oddities that you see that make you think oh my kids high they're low they need insulin they need food that like that stuff and when you try to condense it down into a document i always say to people no matter how well you do it when you're talking about diabetes to somebody like a teacher for the first time, you sound like a, like a lunatic, right. you, 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 yeah. know, you know, like, because you're trying to force in all like, Oh, you know, you need to know this, you need to know this. And, and so when someone's doing that to you, it's off putting, but not in a way like, you're not like, I don't want to do this because no. it's a problem. It's, it's so much information at one Where time do you start and it's out of context too, isn't it? Right. 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 I mean, having researched, I think that partly, when I first started listening to your podcast, watching other YouTube channels, I didn't fully understand all the language. But as I started listening more, now I could hear the nurse and the student's parent better. Mm-hmm. I know, Okay, so that's what you mean when you're using those words, when you're saying, uh, you know, they could tell me the um, blood glucose level and... It, at first, I would have, so is that a good number? Is that a bad number? Is, right. You know, h- how do I know? Yep. Now I have a much better sense because I've been asking them questions. I've been, you know, doing a little research on my own. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's, it's just very interesting because it, that's why when you reached out, I was like, this is really, this is a great idea for you and I to talk because 
you have no real connection to diabetes other than being a teacher and having it kind of thrown on you because of a student. And right. and you're obviously a person who's trying to figure it out. And and by the way, thank you because uh, my kids have you know I've, I've seen my kids have teachers that I didn't think cared if they learned their lessons, let alone anything else. So it's really wonderful to know that people like you are out there teaching kids. Um, okay. I want to say uh, as a, an aside, um, we're gonna you know your name's Denny, but your 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 given name. Tell people your given name. Uh, my first name is Arden. Arden. So I. For the very first number of times that we went back and forth, I just imagined you were a woman. And and and, oh, really? and and it's funny because I'm sure people don't care about this, but when we named my daughter Arden and we found the name and liked it, at that time we, we'd gone to the registry with the government to see. And there were only about 5,000 people with the name in the, in the whole country, and more than half of them were men. And, and, and it's just a very – it's an older name, you, you know, right. and so – um, isn't it just funny that my brain just jumped right to it. And then I realized going back and forth a couple of times, I'm like, this is, you know, I could tell by how you were writing and stuff like that. I was like, this is not a woman. And, <laughs> and, so, and it's funny because there's this lovely woman who follows me on Facebook for my blog. And every time she's, she says something to me, she goes, you're a fantastic mom. And I, and I, I, the first time I said, Hey, actually, you know, I'm a stay at home dad. But about the third time, I just was like, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I said, I appreciate it. That's great. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, whereas for me, it was almost the exact opposite because it, it is a very uncommon name. It's a family name for me. But I was like, wow, Arden can also be a girl's name. I never, you know, you I never, never thought encountered of it. it. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, uh, and we just, you know, for you, it's a family name. For us, it was a baby name book. We just... We took one night, you know, one night for, you know, for every letter in the alphabet and read through and we circled things. It turns out we could have stopped after the first night. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that's, that's all we joke. Sometimes there's nobody in my family worth naming anybody after, but, uh, I'm sure the people related to me would not find that amusing at all. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So you're, you're a bit of a saint here and, and please take that as a compliment because Thanks. you're putting, you're putting in the extra work on your own time to understand all this stuff. And, I know you've had a little contact with the, the, the kid that we're going to talk about today and, and as you know, when we make examples and you're, you're going to refer to him as JJ. Yes. Okay. And you've actually had contact with his mother and it's okay with her if you, even though yes. we're not going to pinpoint who she is and who they are, no, we're going to talk right. about them like that. Okay. So they're, they're pretty open about that. They just want to protect his name, which is very understandable. So she said, use the, the nickname JJ, which even his friends, I don't think would know who he is with that nickname, but the family would know. Right. So, so great. So now here's a, this is a, this is a really good um, opportunity for parents um, who have kids who have type one to see what the other side of this looks like, because you always hear from people who are like, I went into the school and I explained it very clearly and they didn't understand and people leave frustrated all the time, but I think it's going to be good to, uh, to put a face and a voice to your side of the story. So, um, after you, you realize a child's going to be, you know, be given to you in your classroom and you're, you're very worried about the medical stuff. They come in. What was the first encounter that you had that, that started your relationship, I guess? What, was it a, was it a well, medical issue or what? Uh, Just no, not at all. Actually. Uh, so before school started, I knew in this particular seventh grade homeroom, which I would teach once a day, I would have a diabetic student and the student would have a diabetic buddy that had already been assigned. But my first encounter with uh, JJ, I didn't know that he was the student. Uh, for whatever reason, they weren't in for drop-in days, so I didn't meet them in advance of school. Mm -hmm. um, the first week of school, they had a test. 
And I visibly remember him taking the test because he was, I would call it, thinking with his whole body. I mean, he was just all over the place as he's thinking and doing his best. And he happened to finish early and was drawing some uh, superhero characters, which I said, if you finish this test early, it's just the first week of school, you can go ahead and draw. And I walked by and, you know, whispered to him, that's good. Yeah. And he whispered back, thank you. Right. And so I knew, you know, I, I, I kind of like this kid. And later I found out this is the student that has diabetes. Mm -hmm. So I've later told him, in a way, I'm kind of glad that I met, I happen to, and this isn't always going to be the case for teachers, I kind of met him as a person, as a student, before I met him as a diabetic, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Which I'm kind of glad that it worked that way. But uh, I even had conversations with him at the end of the year saying, you're going off to high school you're going to be meeting a lot of new teachers. Have you thought about how you're going to introduce yourself to those teachers? Right. And uh, so I don't know that there's a best way, but uh, I would encourage parents and the students, you know, make sure that you open that dialogue sooner than later. It's one thing for me to get that paper. It's another thing to have a conversation knowing that when I call mom or dad, Here's who mom or dad are, and this is you know how things are going to go. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had I've had all different kinds of experiences in the you know six or seven years Arden's been a student, and I've had I've had teachers call me during the summertime in their own time and say, look, you know, I've set aside an hour. Can we talk about this? And you know, really try to explain as much as you can. And I've had teachers who look at me at you know at, at, at on the first day and go, oh, diabetes? Yeah, we'll call the nurse if there's a problem. And they don't want anything to do with it. They stay, they stay very far away from it. Um, what what I can tell you is that uh, because of the way we manage it, her, Arden's teachers have more frequently than not over the last couple of years told us that by midway through the year they sort of forget that she has type one, and and I take that as a as a good sign of the way we're handling things. So so that's my question for you. So how does JJ handle things if his blood sugar needs to be checked? Do you guys, does he go to the nurse? Does he do it himself? Does he have contact with his parents? What's your process there? He, uh, he goes to the nurse. And uh, uh, so, yeah, what, the process, if he usually would say, I need to go to the nurse, and he goes to the nurse. And we were told, you know, even before school starts, if he asks to go to the nurse, asks to go to the bathroom, asks to get a drink of water, he has permission, right. you know, he goes. And that's, you know, you make adjustments to whatever your schedule is. He needs to do that when he needs to do that and send a buddy with him. If that buddy's not available, find someone else kind of thing. And what's the, what's that process? Like, does he tell you like, Hey, I got to go to the nurse. I feel dizzy. Or does he say I have to go to the nurse because it's just time to check my blood sugar. I mean, do you, when he's walking out the door, do you know why he's leaving or do you? Yes. I, I mean, uh, with him, he could often do a little bit of a hand signal thing if he kind of uh, motions with his hand. I know he's getting a drink of water, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, that hand motion. But otherwise, he would be walking out and he would be saying, go into the nurse or he'd say, come on, buddy, you know, his diabetic buddy, we need to go, you know, now, hurry up. You know? Yeah, you're like, like, so I'm, and, and so does that, <clears throat> I, so I'm interested when, when you see him leaving and you know his blood sugar is low and that's why he's leaving. Does that affect the next couple of minutes? I mean, do you sit around wondering if he's okay or or do you are you able to just let him go out and like, like you know what I mean like uh, as a person, right. you know, I'm wondering. 
I mean, for me, often it was almost the reverse in that there'd be times when, and maybe this was happening more later in the year, don't you need to go check? You know, I, I, I remember one specific conversation with him. Uh, I, and please understand, I have a good, you know, good rapport with him and his, his family. I would not say this to just any student. But I said to him, I said, you know, the way that you're talking to me right now, you kind of sound angry. Are you OK? I said, but I'm not angry. I said, but your voice sounds angry right now. Right. You know, are you sure that you're OK? Do you think you need to go check right now? You know, and so there'd be times where he, in essence, would try to tough it out. But, you know, uh, but yeah, if if he left, um, you know, I'd wonder, you know, how's it going? Uh I would often get, uh, you know, the buddy would often be the one that would give me the thumbs up and say, you know, he's good. Or he would say, oh, he's going to be down there for another 15, 20 minutes. Right. You know, he's resting. They have to, you know, and he would come back. But, uh, you know, JJ, JJ would have to be down in the nurse for a little while uh, longer. So I'm interested when he when he seemed angry that time, did he eventually give in to your request for him to look into his blood sugar was? I can't remember uh, that specific time. It took a little while. He, uh, if he initiated it, he'd go right away. But if I was the one wondering if he needed to go, I think there's a little bit of that. No, I don't need to go. You know, I don't need kind you telling me. Yeah, and and so that's so that's super interesting, really, because there, you you seem like you're coming from a a, a perfectly thoughtful and and caring place, and at the same time, you're in a weird situation. He's not your kid. You're not a doctor, right. but you're you're much like you t you hear people talk about with diabetes. The longer you live with it, you almost end up knowing better than the doctor at some point, and so you're becoming more and more, you know, I want to say indoctrinated, but you're more and more um, accustomed to it being in your day, and you're seeing signs. And then how do you sit back quietly and not say anything? I mean, right. you, you'd be wrong too, and at the same time, it's difficult to do. Um, do you think? You would, if you had the opportunity to speak to JJ's upcoming teachers, do you think you would would tell them, look, it's you need to in, interact with them when you think you need to, but you have to walk that line of not being, um, you know what I mean? I don't even know what not being, yeah. what I want to uh, say next. You know what I mean? Is it not being a doctor, well, not being a parent, not being? What, what I would say is this, as, as I mentioned, especially in eighth grade, I saw him quite a bit. And I was in tune with when he, the nurse, the parents gave the nurse permission to text me to let me know that he was there. So if he didn't show up from the previous class to return to my class, I would know he's in the nurse. Mm -hmm. You know, so I would I would get texts from the nurse to kind of update me on some things. But what I would do is uh, as one of the junior high teachers, we switch. There are three other teachers that we all switch quite a bit, seventh and eighth grade. Um, but I would tell the other teachers, you know, just so you know, kind of having a rough morning. Could you keep your eye on him? Right. You know, just not saying you have to bug him or whatever, but just every now and then just see how he's doing. If you see, you know, you yeah. see something wrong, ask him how it's going. Right. Um, so forth. So it's a very, it's a very kind of, it takes a village concept and, and, and his parents are okay with that. And I would assume they would be, I'd be thrilled if you had that kind of concern, but right. Yeah. I, I mean, as, a, as another story, uh, this is a Catholic school, and um, the student is Catholic. I happen to not be Catholic, um, but there were, there were actually, it was like two weeks in a row where during, we go to Mass once a week, 
during the mass, I could tell he doesn't look right. He's sitting like four rows in front of me, but I, it seems like he's really stressed. But he waits until the very end of the mass, and then he says, Mr. Nelson, I need to go to the nurse. I'm like, well, I, you know, I... I could tell, you know, why didn't you go earlier? And uh, I, I talked to him about it. So finally, I talked to the priest and said, Father, here's the situation. I have a student who sometimes has medical reasons why he needs to go. The priest said, if that, tell that person, God understands, go to the nurse. Mm -hmm. your, your heart was in the right place. Take care of your health. Yeah. Do what you need to do. It was like, thank you. And you think, so, you think JJ <laughs> was just sitting there out of respect? He didn't want to get up in the middle uh, it's it's respect and it's a very meaningful thing for him he wants to participate and it's towards the end of the service that is a very important part and he wanted to be a part of it and and i fully understand but if your body is saying no now is not a good time then now is not a good time you got to take care of it and and so does in in this specific student's case is he wearing any kind of a glucose monitor like that you would be audibly alerted, or do you only know what his blood sugar is when he physically uh, pricks his finger and checks his blood sugar? Right, he has to uh, physically prick. He, he doesn't, doesn't have a pump, doesn't have a um, meter. Uh, so he's not. So he's not using an insulin pump. He's also not using what would Correct. be a continuous glucose monitor. So okay. Right. So <clears throat> because that's that's super interesting. Because as he's sitting there and and uncomfortable, you don't even know if he's uncomfortable because his blood sugar is terribly high or or ter no. or terribly low. Right, and, I have no yeah, idea. Right, right. And so, but gosh, that's got to be a, a stressful thing. Do you find it stressful, him being that much in your responsibility, but yet you not being legally, like, do you know what I mean? Like, this because you are responsible because you're his teacher, but you're right. not, you're not his parent or his doctor. Like, do you find that a stressful feeling? I don't know that it was stressful is quite the right word. It's a concern. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it's what do I do? I want, I, you know, I want him to be able to concentrate in all this. Uh, actually, this brings up something that he met. He said he gave me permission to use this particular document. Mm -hmm. um, he had an attention with me. He actually, there were two in a row kind of. And the first one, they have to write a reflection, and the first one was pretty awful. I had to have him rewrite it, still pretty awful, and I just, whatever, go, you know, right. you're done. Uh, but I gave him a different set of questions for this second detention that was like two weeks later, and they were just open-ended questions. I didn't really have any agenda in mind with it. I had, there was nothing diabetes-related with these questions. Mm -hmm. I think the questions were, it is a good day when, uh, I am at my best when, I am at my worst when. You know, dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. Well, I had no idea what to expect. And I was floored with how open and honest he was with me. And he did give me permission to share this with, on the podcast. Um, he said, it is a good day when my numbers are good, when I can concentrate in class and relate to my friends. It is a bad day when... I can't concentrate and I can't really uh, understand or uh, talk to my friends because I, I just can't relate to them. And I realized, you know, I know that, you know, you can say a person gets highs or lows, but to say they really can't understand as fully when they're high or low. They really are having a hard time interacting with people when they're particularly high or low. And 
it, it really hit me when he wrote that. And I told him after he finally finished, you know, first of all, thank you for being so open and honest and for sharing that with me. And uh, I was actually given permission to share it with his parents, share it with the nurse, um, because I said, I think they would benefit from reading this. Yeah, and it's a basic truth that I don't know if it gets ignored or underappreciated or, or misunderstood or, or what it is, but I don't think it just happens in your situ- in a situation like yours where you're, you're sort of removed from it but still involved. I, I believe there's people who um, are spouses to people with type 1 who are, you know, type 1 to people using man-made insulin. Because this is really what the situation is. is If you're using man-made insulin and and you've taken too much of it and your blood sugar has gotten too low, you're you're in a situation where your brain's not functioning the way it would normally and and you have, you know, trouble comprehending. You could get, you know, my my daughter will get bouts of of, um, just like sadness out of nowhere when she's low, Mm. You, you know, or she's dizzy or she's shaking or, you know, or whatever could happen. Uh, and then high when that there's that cloudy feeling that I, I don't think people can really, it's not, it's not enough to call it a cloudy feeling. You, you know, it's, it's um, your blood sugar can get high enough that your, your, your vision can get blurry, right. you, you know, like, like, and, and on and on not being able to comprehend and none of us know what it's like who don't have type one. No one knows what it's like for your blood sugar to be so high that people are speaking around you and you can't really keep up. You don't understand exactly what's going on. You can say it all you want. Like you said, high, low, blood sugars. That doesn't do it. What does that really mean? Right, right. To those of us without it, I don't really, you know, I could read about it. I can talk about it. I don't know what it feels like. Right. But his words put it into focus for you. Right. Yeah. That's wonderful. And, And he's doing a great service by allowing you to share it like this and even you know we we talk about all the time about you know community and how sharing people's stories help other people i just never imagined somebody like you would come in that really you know that doesn't have a very you know you know a personal connection beyond like right. this thing that you got thrown into and it, this is just such a such a great talk and valuable and I, you know it's i'm just finding myself very pleased that you're here while we're while you're talking so um thank no thank you oh, okay so so do you happen to know, behave, do you know how long JJ had, has had type one? Is it a newer thing in his life or do you know if he's had it for a so long time? So I met him in seventh grade and he just recently finished eighth grade. Um, but um, uh, in talking with his parents and talking with him, I found out that he was diagnosed towards the end of his fifth grade year at the school where he currently is, or, you know, just finished up as it turns out. Right. But uh, so when I met him, he had only had it for about a year and a half or so. He's pretty new to it. And so so I'm assuming now, by now, with all the research you've done, you've recognized that, that the ability to balance your blood sugar in any meaningful way is, is it's a difficult skill to procure. And it, and it takes a long time. And I would say, excuse me, I would say that with a, with a, with a pen or a needle and a meter – you know, that's, that's tough going, you know, to, to really figure out the idea of, and I, you know, and I don't know how deeply you get involved in it, but if you're listening to the podcast, you know, that, you know, taking insulin at the right time before a meal could be the difference between your blood sugar, not blipping at all. And it going up 300 points, you not being able to think. Well, and, and what, what gets me with it is how individual it can affect, you know, you could have you know, if I had a second diabetic that was the same age, the same size, whatever, 
they could be eating the same meal and it could affect them differently. It's yeah. like, what is going on with this? This is just crazy. Right. There's no rhyme or reason. And there's so many factors that you really can't pin them all down. And that's why eventually people who live with it for a long time will end up saying things like you hear me say sometimes, like I looked at that plate of food and I knew it was this much insulin, but I couldn't explain to you in any meaningful way why, right. why I knew that much. And, and so, and so now you're being, you're being exposed to that and you're seeing that and, and it's, it's striking you immediately of how, how odd it is and how difficult it is for people. And so you're, a, you're obviously a, a, been made an advocate by being around JJ and, right. and, but, but what I was wondering was, did you know about his behavior prior, but it's also a weird time for boys. You know, you're a little boy into a, an adolescent. I guess that's a big right. change and shift in your, in how your brain works to begin with, I guess. So, I mean, in essence, as a teacher, I'm saying to myself, what's the difference between him and having a higher low blood sugar and the guy sitting next to him who's just moody? You know, I mean, how do I tell the difference or how do I know when he's just simply being moody Yeah, sure. versus this is a sugar thing? Yeah, I spent a long time before the technology staring at my daughter just wondering what what I was seeing, what what was what I was seeing, You, you know, like... You know, they would tell you, like, dark circles under the eyes is a great one. That could mean you're high. It could mean you're low. You know, in the real world, it also could mean you're tired. And, right. and you know, and you're, and you're looking and you're, you're getting sick or whatever. And you, you're staring at this kid, just staring and staring and staring, wondering what this means. And there's no – it's an indicator to get you moving towards finding out. It's not an answer, you, you, you know. So – And I guess one of the things that I did, and I talked to his parents about this, is said – I probably ask him a few more questions, you know, not necessarily the whole class kind of questions, but I would talk to him a little bit more frequently. And I said, part of why I'm doing that is because my memories of my grandfather, who has type two, I could tell when there's a difference in his speech pattern. I could tell the energy behind it, if his speech was slurred. Uh, JJ didn't really slur his uh words so much. For him, it was more when he was silent, I knew there's more of a problem because he's a talkative person. You know, so if he's not talking, there might be a problem going on here. More with Denny in a minute, but first, I'm going to read to you from my emails. My daughter is wearing a trial Omnipod, and that is the one she wants the most. We got a better doctor that's not afraid of scary things like computers, technology, and tubeless pumps, and he recommended the Omnipod first. Hi, Scott. I was recently diagnosed with type 1 at the age of 26. Your podcasts have been incredibly helpful in trying to figure everything out and getting on track. I was diagnosed with an A1C of 11, and two months later, it was down to 7.1. By listening to your podcast and ordering the Omnipod, I have been able to bring my average numbers between 70 and 100, and I'm sure my A1C will be lower the next time I get it checked. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for all the emails. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo. They will send you a free, non-functioning demo pod so you can get a feel for the pump, and then you know what you're doing when you make a decision. Am I going to leave MDI to get a pump? I am. Am I going to get away from my tube pump for the Omnipod? I am. But at least you're making a good, informed decision. You're not just listening to me, some chucklehead who's being paid to tell you about the Omnipod. But still, just because I'm being paid to say it does not mean it's not true. It is 100 million percent true. The Omnipod is a huge, 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 huge huge part of how we keep my daughter's A1C where it is. It's how we bolus and basal and activities and blah, 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 so much stuff. Just get it. Myomnipod.com forward slash demo. The demo pod is free. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. There's no obligation. 
zero obligation. There's nothing left in the world anymore that is free and has no obligation, except for a demo pod from Omnipod. Please click on the link in the show notes. Click, click, click. Listen to me. Listen, listen. Get that clicking? Do that. In the show notes or myomnipod.com forward slash demo. Now let's get back to Denny, who I would nominate for teacher of the year if I had the ability. How, how cognitive are you of not being too involved? Like to the point where you, he gets put off by that? Because I just had a conversation with my friend, Mike, I bring up once in a while here and share Mike's life without his permission. But, um, you know, he was talking about he had gotten low and his, you know, his spouse was um, not very understanding of the fact that he's not actually in much control of what he was doing when his blood sugar was that low. And he was combative with her, but then she had a very human reaction, was combative back with him. And then once that was over and his blood sugar was back to, to, you know, to where it needed to be, he said they started talking about it. But very quickly, he gets uh, defensive when people are too... It's, it's such a strange situation to be in because... Reasonably speaking, from the outside, he looks like a person, and my daughter looks like a person, and JJ looks like a person who could use your help, your intervention, right. your concern, your your love and support. But at the same time, that makes those people feel different, and they don't want that. And so everyone's right. walking that very strange line, and I was wondering how aware of it you are, I guess. Um, I, I had conversations with him about that because I, you know, I realized – Am I asking him too many questions? Am I getting on his nerves by uh, trying to follow up? And he said, and he told me both back during school and this summer as I've tutored him, uh, he said, most of the time, no, except when I was irritated. Although, ironically, when he was irritated to begin with, that could be a sign that there might be a problem. Isn't that funny? So there's the rabbit hole right there. You are rightfully concerned. He's agitated by your concern because his blood sugar is low. Right. And, and so he's now agitated with you. But at the same time, if you talk to him two hours later, he tell you that he appreciates your concern. Well, uh, I don't know that I got that so much. No, no, yeah. no. Well, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's just such a weird stepping stone from one thing to another. And they all they all agree <clears throat> with each other and conflict with each other at the same time almost. And, and that's a it's just a very strange position to be in. And, you know, parents go through it and spouses and obviously teachers and everyone else. You know, where do I, you know, because because what's the difference between me going, oh, I'll bite my tongue here because I know they don't like it when I'm involved. But then what if the what if the situation then becomes more dire and then you're left with the feeling as the person on the outside, like, wow, if I would have spoken up 10 minutes ago when I thought to, this doesn't get this far, you, you know, and like, so it's just it's almost a almost an unwinnable situation, I guess, you know. Oh. And the other thing from a teacher's perspective is if I'm giving all this extra, how's it going, or, you know, or even just, yes, you can go to the, get a drink of water. Although, uh, one funny story is, uh, as a math teacher, I know full well that some students have a case of the math class blues. I want to get a drink of water because I'm just bored and I want to get out of class for a few minutes. So, you know, if I can tell that's what's going on, I would say no. And then JJ would say need a drink of water and of course he could go and you know that that then becomes an issue for the other students well how i mean they know that he's diabetic but still they could feel like someone else is being treated more preferentially than they are exactly yeah. so i mean that's not a non-issue right you know it's it's definitely something to be considered as a teacher as you know even as the parent of a child 
know that some of the other students might be feeling that way. Right. And, that, that, and see, that's a real world situation. It's funny. You're my second interview today. And I just had a conversation with actually with a 14 year old boy who has type one, who is more mature than you and I put together. It was frightening. And, wow. um, and, and so, um, but, but, but that came up like, you know, what's the difference between what I'm, what I, what I can, what I can get because I have diabetes and what I, what I, what I need rightfully. And, and, you know, it's not, but, but how does it look to the outside world and, and how far should I push it so that I'm not alienating myself? And, right. and so, so that's a, it's a great, it, so there's a, there's a, there's a triumvirate there. There's JJ needs to be concerned that he's not making the rest of the class feel like he's getting preferential treatment. Cause that'll come back on him in different ways. You right. as the, you as the teacher can't make them feel that way. You, and, and at the same time, the students are going to have the reaction they're going to have, and they can know all they want that he has type one diabetes. But at some point when he's up to his 30th drink and you're telling them, no, you're going to get it. Right. You know, there's going to oh, be an uprising. Of right. Of course. Yeah. Or not necessarily an uprising, but the silent uprising. <laughs> <laughs> Where they start causing you problems that you can't really deal with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh. right. It's such, an, it's such a, being a teacher in general is such an interesting life because because you're so intimate with people who you you almost can't follow through all the way with the intimacy because they're, they're, right. they're not your kids. And so um, how long have you been a teacher? Um. Let's see. Well, um, I think I'm on seven or eight years now. Uh, second career for me. Um, happened to also, I currently am also a part-time youth pastor. So, you know, I do a little bit of both there. But uh, so I understand students from both perspectives, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. Well, well, so my question, I guess, is you've been I mean, almost a decade. It's a long, it's a long time to be a teacher. It, it absolutely right. is. And now you've had this experience with JJ. Do you feel, I don't want to say paternal, but do you feel connected to him in a way? Like if you had the ability to get him again next year, would you ask for him? Oh, I, I well, yes, but I know, I would know what I'm getting into. I right, guess. right. You know, I, I would understand uh, fully. And, I remember a conversation with his mom once. There was another younger student, I don't know what grade, at our school that has type 1. And, you know, she suggested in the fall, well, maybe you will get that student in your homeroom. And I said to her, it's not like I'm an expert on type 1. You know, I'm I, I'm just a teacher, you know. And, yes, I've been working with your son. And I, I even told both of them later, honestly, I care about you. Because I care about you, I care about type one. I mean, if if you weren't my student, I you know I wouldn't be looking up the podcast. If no, I of course, there would be no reason to. But because I know that this will help, I'm going to do what I can. Well, that's definitely the extra mile, and I'm sure they appreciate it a ton. Um, so, so here, this begs an interesting question. At the beginning, we talked about how I and other parents end up over explaining and, and, and it's hard to explain to a person coming in from the outside, all the things you feel like they need to know when you're passing your kid off all of a sudden. So now that you're with it for a full year, right. if the school said to you, I need you to go speak with JJ's new teachers coming up, do you think you'd find the same problem that I have? Uh, oh, I absolutely. I mean, I, I would be willing to. And I happen to have met a teacher at his future high school. He won't get him for another year or two. But, you know, I had a little bit of conversation, you know, uh, about that. Um, but it, it's interesting because each teacher is different, too. And some teachers, you know, they just want to do what is necessary in that regard. 
I, I mean, I've gone the extra mile. Yes, I, I know. And I know that not everyone is going to. Um, but um, this is a tangent, but I, it does relate. Um, there was some Twitter thing recently for all middle school teachers in my state. And one of the tweets, you know, is everyone be on and say, share things that will help your fellow middle school teachers. Um, and one of the ones that really stood out for me was probably a principal that said this. My hope is that every student in our building has one adult who cares and takes an interest in them. And, you know, I, yes, I care about all my students, true. I've gone the extra mile for this student. But I know that there are other students that maybe it's the music teacher that's reaching them. Maybe it's the science teacher. Maybe it's the janitor that gets through. You know, I, I don't know. But the hope is that every student finds some adult who's going to go the extra mile that says, so how was your baseball game? That kind of thing. So that's interesting because, because of the ratio from students to teachers, JJ is not your only kid who you feel no. like that about. You, you have, I would imagine, dozens of them probably who you have a, right. a closer connection to. Um, is it because it's a medical situation and because it's out of his control? Does it feel more, I don't want to, I'm not sure what the word is. Does it feel different to you than with the other kids? Like with the other ones, do you find yourself just going, I like this kid. I feel a connection with this kid. They've got this thing that they're interested that I'm interested in. It doesn't hurt me to be a little interested along with them. It helps them come along, but but it kind of ends there. If you're not that person for that kid, somebody else probably will be. Exactly. Yeah, but is it different for JJ? Uh, it, it is. And I, I mean, it happened that, you know, there were other reasons to be connected, as I hinted with the, you know, the very first week of school. But um, it, it, it becomes that extra thing that for me is like, I, I, I need to do what I can here. And, it, and I think part of it was start of eighth grade was not fantastic for him. Uh, and I wanted to do what I could to get things turned around. As it turns out, by the end of the year, things really were turned around, or I, I really believe he's headed in the right direction. Uh, whereas at the beginning of the year, I wasn't so sure he was headed in the right direction. And you could overall. And you couldn't tell if that was him or the disease or a mixture right. of the two. It, it's impossible. Uh, it was I, I, I couldn't tell. And although I will say I asked him recently and he said, yeah, I, I you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought I'm in eighth grade. I'm leaving here. What do I care? Mm. Like, well, it kind of showed. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And so that it's such an interesting thing because every parent with a, that's ever had a little kid with diabetes has probably thought or said the words, I'm going to check your blood sugar. And if it's in range, you're in trouble <laughs> because, because then I know this is you and not and not your blood sugar because you do have that odd feeling like you know you have a, a four-year-old that's misbehaving and you want to kind of straighten them up a little bit and you look at them and you think well i guess i gotta check to see what our blood sugar is first because right. you know if, if if she got low then um it's a different all of a sudden it's a different world but that's still dangerous in as much as that if the kid learns when my blood sugar is out of whack i can almost do whatever i want yeah that's certainly not a valuable lesson for a kid. no yeah no. And I mean, and there were times when I would ask the nurse, you know, so what was it today? And she'd say, oh, it's fine. Well, okay, so there's no excuse for him to have not been performing. Right. But there would be other days when, okay, we had a test today. She said, well, he was super low. Said, so, okay, well, we may be redoing this test, you know. So and, yeah, yeah, that's a good So Arden, Arden checks her blood sugar before she tests and writes it on the top of the test before the, she starts. 
Wow. And yeah. that, and that way, if you know, and that's you know, she's only, you know, I don't want to say only, but she's a you know sixth seventh grade right now. So, I you know, her grades aren't impacting the rest of her life at the moment. You know, being written down in the annals, but we're getting her ready for when it's more you know permanent record kind of stuff. And excuse me, if she you know if she comes into a a, a, a test and her blood sugar's a little high and it, it, she can't get it down. And, and, and experiences a really bad grade or low or whatever, we want there to be some sort of record of, like, look how well she did this week, but then the next week when her blood sugar was higher, this happened, you know, and maybe she should be able to retake it then and that kind of stuff. And at the same time, back to the JJ conversation from earlier, I, I, I genuinely am trying to get my daughter through school without treating her differently. Right. You know, and so, but, but you have to pay attention to the big things that are meaningful. and yeah, As much as possible, you don't want anything to be different, but at the same time, you do have to remember sometimes they are. Uh, I remember one test in particular, I thought it really odd that he just did terrible on page two. He was great on page one and three, and then I remembered page two. We reviewed that when he was in the nurse most of the morning. So, well, of course he didn't do as well. He... You know, he wasn't as prepared as the other students because he wasn't around when that was being talked about. And, you know, we tested two days later, so there was no time for him to really get caught up on it. Have you ever heard me tell the story about when my daughter was in second grade um, and we really thought she was deficient with math? Like, like to the point. I think I remember that. Yeah, to the point where I joked with my wife and I was like, some of that money we save for college, we might be getting back. You know, like, <laughs> she was really, it was tough. And right. then she, um, there's a word for it in an education that I don't know, but the second grade teacher loved her class so much, they moved the whole class and her to third grade and they were together. And then, I guess, through being together that much time and seeing Arden's math skills not look as bad as they looked before and she couldn't figure out what it was until she stopped and thought about it and realized that one of her morning blood sugar checks apparently was happening right during the the, the math review every day. Right. And it, it, she said it became such a common thing for at this time of the day for Arden to get up and leave and go to the nurse and come back five, six minutes later, but she didn't realize that she was missing a bit of the lesson, if not all of it, and then when she came back... She's just in second grade, you know, and the, the work was in front of her, and she just started doing it. She didn't go, hey, I didn't learn this with everybody else. Right. You know, and, and without the process of the teacher being with her for two years, I don't know if we ever would have figured it out. And it got to the point, it was serious, Denny. It was, you know, she sat around this house going, I'm not smart. I'm, you know, like she really, it, it impacted her terribly. And then all of a sudden we realized what it was and things straightened out and she's still, I mean, she caught up pretty quickly, but she's still catching up years later. You know, it's just, if nothing else, her self-confidence about math is not where it should be. She's much better at it than she thinks she is. And, and it's from that, I mean, they audited, you know, just that bad timing of when that, when we decided to send her down there, it turns out if we would have picked a number 10 minutes sooner or 10 minutes later, I, I, it might not have been an issue. It sounds overly simplistic, but my daughter might not have struggled with math. You, you know, right. so it, it's, and that's the kind of stuff I do never understand. You know, you're a teacher. If I came up to you and I said, hey, you know, seven times today, I'm going to take this kid out of your class for 10 minutes. You'd be like, no, you can't do that. It would be too impactful on his education. And then I say, well, right. he's got diabetes. He's got to go to the nurse. You go, oh, well, that's fine. You, you know, but, like it's such but a. But yet they're still not in the room at those times. Exactly. And And why yeah. is it, why is it that, 
why is it that we let one thing supersede the other thing? Like, learning's so important. It has to be. Nothing can get in the way of it. Well, he needs to test his blood sugar. Well, then don't worry about learning. And, and so I don't know why people's minds don't go to, okay, I see that he has to leave, but how are we going to make sure that that doesn't hurt him educationally? Because our minds don't work that way. Like, it was just like you were given a very important reason, and that was the, the guiding force. When a more important reason came in, we allow that to be the guiding force then and and stop thinking about the first thing, which is of course unreasonable um, but but you know that's why I, I asked about and it's weird because you're not JJ's family, but right. gosh, if he had a glucose monitor or if he you know I, my, the way my daughter manages her, her blood sugars through you know she and I do it together through text messages, so she never goes to the nurse and I wonder if you think that would change things for a kid like JJ? Like how, how impactful do you think leaving the room is on them? I, I mean, I, I can't help but think that it's a huge thing. Pro- I mean, I would assume it's still going to be a big deal in high school, but it's just the amount of time. It, it's, it's just, and I mean, there's never a convenient time to be leaving the room, but they're, they're often, as you say, in that lesson, if it's a 40 minute lesson, there's that 10 to 15 minutes that that's probably the most important minutes. But diabetes doesn't say, well, I can wait, you know, I can wait 20 minutes and then you can go. You probably need to be taking care of it right now if you're noticing something, you know. But so what I'd often have to do with JJ is, okay, well, can you stay after school Tuesday or Wednesday this week? Which day works with you? Or can you come in and, you know, he'd have to have lunch with me because, Actually, at our school, the eighth graders still do get recess, mm-hmm. and it was very helpful for him to run off his energy. It was a very good thing for him to run after he's had his lunch. Yeah. So I he would say, come up and have lunch in my room, and we'll go over the math, right. you know, because I, I can't have you be getting behind. And I, I think that, uh, you know, as someone who's approached, you know, he's now in high school, he needs to take care of it and just keep on top of it for himself and know that if he misses a particular class, he's going to have to talk to that teacher, talk to that friend who's in the same class and say, hey, what did I miss? What do I need to know? So let me ask you, if, as somebody who it's not happening to, but if, if JJ were to have come to your, if your, if his family would have come to you at the beginning of the year and said, look, the decisions that get made in that nurse's office, JJ is completely capable of making on his own. We really would rather him just test in your class and take care of things there. Do you think you'd be okay with that? Oh, I, I would have been fine. I, his mother and I actually both discussed, I kind of wished he would test in my room more. He rarely did. He did a few times. I don't know if it was like an embarrassment issue. I'm not sure. Uh, I know he had a good relationship with the nurse. So, I mean, it could just be I'd rather get out of this crazy situation and be somewhere safer. You know, I I don't know what it was. I personally would have liked him to test in my room more often. Yeah. Because you, Um, yeah, because, because that, that's certainly true. I mean, if he tests and he's, his blood sugar is 75, he could make a small adjustment to the carbs he's taking in and, and, and be, be, be a little better off for himself or the same if he's, you know, 150 and he could bump his blood sugar down a little bit with a little bit of insulin. I wonder how much, I wonder how much of that, is alleviated if you don't have to pull out a pen or a needle and give yourself insulin. I wonder if it's pushing buttons on a, on a, on a screen makes it less for kids. Like, you know, my daughter was diagnosed when she was so young. She doesn't think anything of doing that, 
but a kid like you know JJ was probably you know like our our rough math tells us he was probably diagnosed when he was like eleven or twelve or something like right. that. So yeah, he's a he's a ten form, eleven. Yeah, yeah, he's a form person at that point, and and this this is more, uh, you know this this may be more impactful to him. Like I, I joke all the time, like if you. If I if I came home in the house tomorrow and said, "Hey Arden, like there's this new great treatment for diabetes. You have to carry a brick in your right hand," she'd just be like, "Okay," you know, you, you know like, like she wouldn't bat an eye because she's used to stuff like that happening all the time. Um, and, but you know, if you get to live the first ten years of your life without it, and then suddenly someone says, "Hey, carry this brick around with you," you're like, "Well, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. I've, I know a whole life where this doesn't exist." You know, right? Um, it's it's really, and I'm more thoughtful about it now because of speaking with Ian earlier today and i i know in podcast world that's weird because yours might go up before ian's but you know uh my conversation with this 14 year old boy started off because uh his mom set me up he listens to the podcast and the mom contacted me i was like you know he's not as open with sharing like some people are but he's got these really great reasons and i said oh, i think it would be good for people to hear that side of it too because you usually just hear the advocacy side of people are just like you know hold their pens up in the air and their pumps. And they're like, I don't care who knows, but Ian cared who knew, you, you know, right. he, and he, he wasn't looking to share it with everybody. And I thought his story was as valid as the people who were kind of rah, rah and out in front. And that just made me wonder about for JJ. I wonder if like pulling out a controller for an insulin pump would be easier on him than, you know, than, than having to do a pen, but I guess he'll, he'll figure it out on his own as he, as he moves forward. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's really something. Wow, Denny, thank you so much. I mean, did we miss anything? Because I don't want to. I don't want to belabor it, and we're coming up on an hour, and at the same time, I don't yes. want to miss anything. So I did want to mention one thing that we did with him at the end of the year that I thought was pretty impactful for him. We celebrated his anniversary, um, which is uh, you know some people have talked about it online. Some people celebrated. A, I have a coworker that's type one, and he said, "No, nah, I've never done anything like that." But it's the anniversary of the day when a diabetic is diagnosed. And uh, so I asked his mom to, you know, look into it. She actually, I think the date she gave me happened to be the day he was released from the hospital. That's when we happened to celebrate it. Uh, but it was in May. But, um, you know, I asked, I knew that he had a great time at this. But uh, because all we did was uh, he had about five friends stay after school. His mom came, brought the pizza, you know, and he shared his diagnosis story with his friends, which they had never heard all this before. And their, you know, mouths are dropping, you know, what, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so it was and I, one of the things that I was hoping would happen would happen. So these are all guys his age. Most of them are going on to the same high school as him. And um they said, you know, the, his friend said, you live within a half mile of us. You ever need anything, you give us a call. And this is part of what I wanted to happen. I want his peers to understand where he's coming from better and to have his back a bit. But he, the one thing he told me this week, um, you know, I said, so what did it, I know you liked it, but what did it mean for you? He said, you know, in diabetes is a lot of work and you don't really get a lot of, Hey, you did a great job. You know, even if you did a great job today, there's always tomorrow, next week, you know, and it, it could just be exhausting. He said, this is the first thing I've ever gotten for being a diabetic. No, no. Said, you know, it was, you know, and he just, all it was, was a party. Right. You know, he only made a few requests. He said, next year, yes, we stay longer and we have more chicken. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. How can you argue with that? Yeah, you know, I mean, how can you complain about those two things? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I I think that, um, 
I think it's good to uh, for students to have, you know, in essence, allies, not just their parents, but to have a teacher is good, but to also have their peers on their side. And, you know, different kids are going to be more open or more embarrassed about that. But I think people need to know and need to know what can they do to help you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it's such a it's such a thing that if you're not involved in, you know better than anybody. There's first of all, there's no reason to know about it, and and secondly, when you when it's introduced to you, the just the lingo alone would keep you out of understanding. Uh, right. You know, besides the fact that not living with it is, you know, it's one of those things. You know, people say all the time, if you came and lived at my house for a week, you'd really understand. And and you know, so letting people in like that is, I mean, it, you saw it worked for you, and and I guess you wanted it to to kind of. Did you feel a little bit like I can't go with them, but maybe we can create some of these feelings with these kids and they can move oh, yeah. on with them? Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of what I hoped. And I just want, I, I thought that a milestone for him could be an important thing. And I think it was partially that as well, you know, just to know. And I think one of the things I said at the end of it was diabetes is a lot of work. I, I honestly have no idea how much work you do for it because I, I can't know. But I do know that it's a lot of work. But you didn't let it get the best of you. You were able to grow as a person, grow educationally, grow in your relationship with your family and friends, and you didn't let it get in the way. We celebrate that. It's a major accomplishment, yeah. It really is. Wow. Geez, Denny, I wish you were my teacher when I was a kid. Um, (laughs) Although we're probably about the same age. That would have been odd. But, but, but. But I mean, I've had good teachers in you know in in grade school and middle school and high school, and I've had ones that didn't seem to. You know, in, in fairness to them, you look back now and you you realize, oh, like that guy was getting divorced that year. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, or this happened or did you know this woman was sick? I never knew that. She never complained. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot more going on. Obviously, you're people, too. But you're in that you're in one of those weird you're in one of those weird professions where we don't think of you as a person as much as we do as a as a figurehead, you, you, you know, I always yeah. say like police, fire. It's my kid. Yeah. And, yeah police, fire, teachers. Right, 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 right. And then, and that's the whole other side of it that you don't even talk about is that the inundation, especially, and I hate to be one of those people who says nowadays, but you know, people are now, they feel free to contact you to let you know what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right, what they need. And my parents would have never, talk to my teachers even, you know, like if, if my dad, when in fourth grade, I had a teacher who was militaristically tough on people and I'd come home and tell my dad that, and he'd be like, what? Like, what you, I'm not, what do you go, go deal with it? Like, you, you know, like, like, I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a kid, you know? And, but my, but that didn't work like that. And nowadays, uh, if you call to speak to a teacher now, they're almost scared and defensive when they get on the phone. And I think rightfully so. You know, and so um, they don't always have the greatest interactions with all parents. I'm sure some parents are absolutely fantastic. Uh, we try very hard to stay out of, you know, at back to school night. I say the same thing to every new teacher that I ever meet. I'm assuming you're a good teacher and you're going to teach my kid what they need to know. And if something goes really off the tracks, please try to fix it on your own first. And if you can't, go ahead and contact me. But I'm not interested in telling you how to do your job any more than you're interested in me telling you. So I'm going to stay out of this other than to do the things on our end that, you know, a a parent would do to support their kids for school. Um, And they seem to really be pleased with that. But I think it's just because they cross you off their list as somebody who's going to potentially call in the middle of the week and 
give them hell for no reason. <laughs> you, you know, right. so it's a, it's, I don't think that, I don't think people give teachers enough credit in that vein because they're so busy defending their children. They don't stop to think about the person on the other end. And I think you did a really good job today of putting a real face to the person on the other side of it. So, well, so thank I, you. no, no, I really appreciate you coming in and doing all this and, and reaching out. Um, I just, I never thought somebody who didn't have diabetes would be like, Hey, I'd like to be on the podcast. So that's uh, really cool. Well, I thought it might be an important uh, voice to hear because you have had parents, you have had people with type 1, you've had doctors and people who make the technology, um, but I didn't think you would have a teacher. And to you know bring up the, it's important parents to work with your teacher to, you know, you don't want to be micromanaging here. You, you need some space and let the teacher do their thing, but at the same time know that you're part of a team. You both want what's best for this child. And then that person has to feel comfortable that you're not a complete... Because, see, this is an interesting situation. You're a bright, well-thought-out guy. If, if, if the next teacher I get's a buffoon, and that does happen sometimes, you know, that, that's not a person I can put my full trust in on a medical situation. So you're, you're a great example of when it goes right. I, I'm probably going to get emails from people who are like, I have good examples of when it goes wrong. And I'll be like, oh, I bet you do. So, uh, but yeah, just, it's a really valuable um, uh, message you had. And, and just thank you very much for coming on and sharing it with everybody. All right. It was great being here. Oh, uh, Arden, or, I see. I, I want to call you Arden. Denny, thank you so much. JJ, I hope you're listening. I want to tell you thank you very much for allowing Denny to come on and tell your story from his perspective. I think the things that he shared here today are going to be massively helpful to a lot of people. So uh, thank you very, very much. Thank you very much to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. You can get your own demo pod at myomnipod.com forward slash demo. You can check it out and see what all the fuss is about, about all that insulin pumping without tubes. There's also links in the show notes. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back very soon with another episode. Nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. And please, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go to iTunes and give me a rating and a review. Your positive feedback helps the podcast be found by more people.